Welcome to this week's edition of Coach Prep. Coach Don and I are here in the Cherokee Batting Range Podcast Studio getting ready to record episode number 125. Got a really good show lined up for you. Before we get into our topic, though, we're going to talk about how the best team does not always necessarily equal the best individual player positioning. Uh, let's talk about our sponsors. First, the Anderson Bat Company. Everything Fast Pitch is very proud to have Anderson Bat Company as our presenting sponsor. Anderson Bat Company is using the latest and greatest bat technology to corner the market in the fast pitch world. They have the minus nine rocket tech, the minus 10 carbon, and the minus 11 carbon light. Anderson Bat Company is using this technology to put a high performing bat in the hands of hitters that really know the difference between a good bat and a great bat. We're also working with Anderson to provide a discount for all of our listeners. Go to the Anderson Bat Company website and order your bats. Use the EFP20 discount, which is for everything fast pitch, and you'll get a 20% discount. It's a great way for you to save a little bit of money on a great bat and also help support everything fast pitch at the same time. Now let's talk about patreon.com slash everything fast pitch. If you support what we're doing, if you really do enjoy everything fast pitch and coach prep, Coach Don and I would love for you to become a patron. Go to patreon.com slash everything fast pitch. There's three different levels of monthly support. Everything that we do is supported by our patrons. We certainly do appreciate it. We're fortunate and lucky to have a good group of patrons that have been supporting us for a while. But we've got some stuff on the horizon we would like to do that's just going to cost more money than we got. Everything's going up, Tori. Yeah. The real world stuff that you're dealing with is true in the uh, podcast, podcast world, podcast world too. And so we want to continue to grow and, and do some more stuff. So if you're in a position where you can, please go to patreon.com, become a patron. So Don, putting together the very best team you possibly can does not right. always mean that every player gets to play their best individual position. I think I've had had a, a coach this weekend talking to their group about this very thing. And when he was presenting that to the group, he was uh, expressing the need for them to do the very best at whatever position he puts them at. Yeah. Because you know, if they're in a good frame of mind, they might be the one that does something special that day. First base might not be their, their typical spot, but uh, if they're able to uh, pick a, a, a low throw or make a great diving catch, you know, back in the hole or up the line, um, they might save the day, even though that's a, a position that they're not really used to, but they're definitely not going to be in a good frame of mind if they're sitting there wishing that they were playing shortstop when they were asked to play in right field or... Right or first base, and, you know, I, I saw a couple of the kids, uh, the light bulb went off in, in their head, and they were like, you know, hey, that's true. I might do something special somewhere if I'm in a good frame of mind. So, you know, again, the coach just ex expressed a need for them to do their very best at whatever position they put them at because, you know, as you're getting to uh, with this topic, it's not always going to be our favorite spot. Right. Well, one of the things that has become rampant, I think, in our game I don't know how we got here. I don't know where it all came from. But more and more players have it in their mind that have a, a picture in their head of, well, I'm a fill-in-the-blank. I'm a shortstop. I'm a center fielder. I am a catcher. In a lot of situations now, we see players specifically picking teams, guaranteeing them that they get to be the whatever it is that in their mind they're, their that's their position. Their label is, yeah. Part of me, I understand where that comes from, the old school, old coach in me and the coach that's had tremendous success with teams where players were willing to accept a new challenge or a new opportunity or a new role. It's kind of heartbreaking to see that we've kind of gotten to this point now where so many kids believe that 
if I can't play where I want to play, I don't want to play on this team is just kind of disappointing and heartbreaking to me. I was going to say, and two, we've kind of found that, and if it doesn't go the way I want it, then I'll just slide over somewhere else, right? right? Well, and, and it's been been and becoming too easy. Yeah. Well, and I think one of the things we, you know, we, we've talked about a bunch of times on, on a lot of the different shows is how there's so many teams and there's so many more teams now than there ever were back in the day. You know, when I first started recruiting the Atlanta area back in the early 2000s, I could basically watch five or six teams and see, you know, the 50 or 60 best players in the whole greater Atlanta area because, you know, they all gravitated to those five or six teams. And even though it might mean that they had to fight to be the shortstop or fight to be the center fielder or whatever it was, they still wanted to be on one of those really good teams. That's what they did. They fought for it. Yeah. And somewhere along the lines, that changed. Now, part of it, I think, is when this is, I think, where the biggest change has come in, especially in the world of travel ball, but I think it's true in, in school ball in some places, too, is families are investing so much time, money, and effort in their softball careers that they can't get past the fact of, well, if I'm spending all this money, I should get what I want. Sure. You know, so they see it as, as if they don't get a return on the investment, that somehow they're making a bad investment. And I think we've hit a really challenging point now because if you have a coach whose only goal is to put together the very best team they can, how do you do that in this modern world and, and actually have a chance to put together the kind of team that could really thrive and, and be super successful? And to me, I think that's the thing that has, I guess, unintended consequence of the, I'm a shortstop. If I can't be the shortstop on this team, I'm going to go to another team. You know, that we, now we have hundreds and hundreds of teams. They're scattered all over the place, and most of them are weaker and less successful than they would have been if collectively they'd you know, been able to put, keep a, them together. Yeah, put some of those players' you know, uh, egos aside or parents' uh, you know, need for uh, payback aside and just let a kid be the center fielder or the right fielder or the first baseman or whatever it might be on a really good team because you know just right now they're not the best shortstop or they're not the best catcher. No, I think, Tori, a lot of the things you're saying are awesome because there is so many options. There's so many teams. There's so many people playing, which is great. It makes for exciting softball in our area for sure, but it does kind of uh, create a little bit of an issue where we've got kids that are only interested in the one piece, and we don't know, especially when they're younger, you might end up being an amazing outfielder that you're highly sought after, you know, by the college coaches, but you don't ever really get to figure that out because you're so stuck on being a middle infielder. Right. Or whatever it might be. So these are awesome opportunities for us to to branch out, to experience some different things, to find out what we are really good at. And uh, again, I I kind of hope that we're open to letting coaches do some experimenting. And, right and figuring out how we can make this great group of kids function best together. Right. Well, and unfortunately, you know, without uh, belaboring this same point, I've had the opportunity now of, of working with and seeing some really good younger teams over the last you know, handful of years. And even in the youngest of age groups, you know, eight and under, 10 and under, we're seeing power play kinds of things taking place where, well, if my daughter can't be the shortstop on this team, she'll be the shortstop on some other team. Or if she can't be the shortstop on this team, I'll start my own team so she can be the shortstop kind of stuff going on. 
And again, I understand the, the investment financially that everybody's making that we think that it's important. But at some point in time, if your kid's going to keep playing this game, there's going to be a situation where they don't necessarily get to hand pick a program based solely on their ability. And the player I love to talk about right now is Jada Coleman, the center fielder from Oklahoma. Because we've uh, she's been the t- a topic of several discussions because she's a left-handed throwing player who was an amazing shortstop in the travel ball world. An amazing player, but amazing left-handed shortstop. And honestly, if uh, she had chosen a school other than Oklahoma to play at as a freshman instead of being an All-American center fielder who's a left-handed thrower, she might have been an All-American <laughs> shortstop who's a left-handed thrower because she's that great of a player. But, you know, and obviously this is the very top of the college softball food chain when we're talking about a school like Oklahoma. But here we have a player who could have maybe been on a top eight team in the country and been the starting shortstop as a freshman, decided to be okay with competing for whatever she could get and becoming an outfielder at Oklahoma. At Oklahoma and winning a national championship and, and being in a position now for the next couple of years to win more of them. And to me, I just wish we had more of that kind of story going on where player who, you know came home from practice and said, coach told me I'm not the starting shortstop right now. He said I need to work on my range and my, my arm strength. But he said if I, if I work really hard and improve those things, he's going to give me another chance to play shortstop. Mom, dad, uh, let's work on it. I want to really get better at my, on my range. I want to make my arm stronger because I want to win the starting shortstop job. If sure. we could hear more of those stories, I think, at least this, us old school coaches, us old timers, us old farts would be happier because it would be much more in line with kind of what we came up with. And honestly, the whole reason why I think sports are important for kids to begin with, it's the overcoming. Yeah. yeah. The, the whole thing of putting your nose to the grindstone and working for what you want and overcoming your shortcomings and, and proving that you deserve it and how to get ahead and how to be a success and you know, how to hear no and still overcome it, all those different things that we are so romantic about why sports are important and especially why sports are important for girls. And we've kind of turned that all on its ear and say, well, okay, we want you to learn to be competitive, is, but, but the only way you can learn to be competitive is if you get to compete at your favorite position. Right. And we want you to learn how to overcome adversity. So here's a really good way to overcome adversity. If it's too hard, we're going to start a new team so you can get what you want. It's getting tiring, isn't yeah, it? Or, yeah, or your, your coach, you know, that we, we wanted you to play on this team because we thought this coach was the best coach for you that was a great coach that had proven over time that she's a really good softball coach and gonna, you know, and developed so many players and helped you know, create so many great careers. Well, this coach is crazy now because she doesn't think you're the best shortstop, so we're going to go start another team or go to a different team. All that stuff, you know, when you say it that way, it sounds so ridiculous, but that's kind of what we're fighting against now. For all of us, it's it's a it's a balancing act. Do you want your kid to learn some of those valuable lessons? If you do, then sometimes we have to be willing to look at it and say, well, okay, we did invest a lot in her career so far, and guess what? We're going to keep investing in it so she can learn how to compete, and she can learn how to fight, and she can learn how to overcome. And if that means it's going to you know be really crappy for a couple of weekends because she doesn't get to play her favorite position all the time, then that's the the price that we're going to have to pay every once in a while. No, I think too, Tori, if uh, if you're going to be the very best athlete to understand the nuances or the, the interesting pieces from all these other positions too, can be really beneficial and helpful, right? Yeah. If, if, if we understand what the role is in 
the positions that people are playing beside us, wherever we're playing, I think that we can be a better player. Right. And to say you're only going to do one is not going to allow you a chance to figure out what all those other little pieces are. Right. When, and I've you told know. the story a bunch of times. You know, that very best team I ever had had a whole bunch of kids in the starting lineup who all thought they were catchers. Sure. And I just thank God every day that in 2007 we didn't have all these recruiting services and, and websites and things like that. <laughs> they, they go catch somewhere else, yeah, cause, right? Because four of those kids would have looked at it and said, well, hey, he's already got a good catcher. I'm going someplace else. Yeah. Instead of becoming part of our program, finding out that, well, okay, I'm the number two catcher, but if I play left field, we're going to have a great team. Well, I'm the, I'm the number three catcher, but if I play right field, we're going to have a great team. And I get to hit. Yeah, and yeah. If, if I play first base, we're going to have a great team. And the thing that's so crazy about you know that situation is that that was the perfect example of those kids learning the real-life lesson stuff that we're always talking about why sports are so important. If you talk to any of those kids now, well, they're none of them are kids now. They're all full-grown adults. Probably wouldn't trade a thing. Yeah, if, yeah. if you ask them, well, you know, how dis- well, it was disappointing at first, but look at what we did. Yeah. You know, I, I, was, I was frustrated at first, but look at how much I learned. I was a little bit disappointed at first, but now you know, I'll, I wouldn't trade it for anything because. And to me, I think that's the part that's missing. So parents, players, coaches, we have to all get on the same page. Putting the, the very best team you can on the field does not always mean that everybody gets to play what they think of as their best position or their primary position or their favorite position. And the sooner we can all get on board with accepting that, the faster we're going to see a whole lot more fun, a lot more success, and honestly, just a whole lot more rewarding situations for the people that are involved. And wherever they put you, have a good frame of mind so you can be the one that does something special, right? Right. And I think, Don, that's the thing that you said at the very beginning that might be the most important. If I'm going to drag my bat bag out to the field because I'm mad because I don't get to be the whatever. You're not going to do it. Wherever I do play, I'm probably going to play poorly versus if I'm the kid like, man, I I get to play softball today. It doesn't matter where they put me. I'm going to do the best I can. I think we're all going to get a lot more out of that. I don't, I don't want to hear about see how I'm right because I played poorly at that spot you put <laughs> yeah, me at, right? Yeah, yeah. I showed you. <laughs> I, you, pre- you <laughs> yeah, I showed you that I, you know, well, I've never really understood the logic of that. How you think by you being bad at second base should prove to everybody that you'd be better at shortstop than the shortstop. <laughs> right. You know, or you being bad in center field mm-hmm is somehow proof that you'd be better at shortstop than the shortstop. I just have never been able to connect the dots on that one. Right. So, Don, that's going to wrap up uh, this edition of Coach Prep. As always, if you have suggestions, ideas, uh, th- things that you would like us to talk about, make sure you contact us at fastpitchprep at gmail.com or everythingfastpitch at gmail.com. Coach Don and I are always looking for topics. We'd love to talk about stuff that you're interested in, and uh, obviously we do appreciate everybody's support. Uh, make sure you check out our sponsors, the Anderson Bat Company and patreon.com slash everythingfastpitch. We certainly do appreciate it. Make sure you check out fastpitchprep.com. You can order your square cuts training discs there. So for Coach Don McKinley, our producer, Stan Lewis, this is Coach Tory saying thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again next week.